Um, okay, good. So thank you for the questions. Um, so first of all, yeah, welcome back to this class. We were canceled last week due to snow. We were supposed to be canceled this week due to snow. Um, but now the snow is tomorrow, not today. So uh, this class is also being shifted back uh, a week because we missed one. So then there's a class on April 3rd, kind of like this. So um, yeah, just taking in kind of those questions, those impulses. The first thing I almost feel just naturally to say is happy equinox. So today is one of those days in the year where the light and the dark are kind of balanced, half and half, as it were. And that, to me personally, feels super symbolic of a lot of the shifts that I've been going through in my life and that a lot of people around me are going through as well. That it seems and it feels like we're just leaving some really tumultuous, dark, kind of heavy period collectively. And we don't necessarily have the answers yet. We don't necessarily know what this next step looks like. We don't know what's coming. Uh, so we have to be patient, but we also know that something needs to change. And so even though we're out of maybe some of the hardest parts of it, there's still almost like an anxiety or a feeling like I'm supposed to do something, but I don't know what. And I feel like I feel that. I feel other people are kind of mentioning similar feelings around me. So things like uh, life shifts, things like feeling super busy, not being able to sleep, not being able to relax, to drop in. Um, for me, those kind of all are part of this as well. It can be part of this as well. And the thing that I like about the equinox, and actually just following the solstices also, and that kind of metaphor of you know going into darkness, but then it only gets that dark, and then it starts to go into lightness, and then it's super bright, but then it starts to go back into darkness, and that it's kind of this cycle of dark and light, and Sometimes it's like the darkness is just completely pushing the light into a corner, but you know that the light's going to come back, and then vice versa. You know, eventually it'll get so bright, it's like, wow, longest day of the year, amazing, so beautiful. But then you know you're at the top of the roller coaster and you're about to now go down the biggest drop into the winter of the next year, and how those are linked. And the time of the equinox being this kind of balance in between the two. It's kind of this really nice place for me always, first just to acknowledge what I'm coming out of. So in this part of the cycle, it's kind of the darkness, I guess we could say, that we're coming out of, what we're moving towards, which I would like to call the light, which is also kind of clarity, understanding, hope, growth, you know, life. If you look at nature, it's very much, you know, that the nature, the, the life energy of the plants is waiting to come through. The birds are coming back, everyone's ready, you know, the snow keeps coming and holding it back, which is, again, what I feel emotionally is happening, that it's like, we're ready for this shift, but it's like, nope, not yet, nope, not yet, nope, not yet. And when it eventually does come through, when eventually it is time for the life to break through, um, it's gonna be this beautiful relief, and it's gonna be like, ah, oh, thank, finally, you know, finally it's here. And this feeling of having half dark and half light for me, it's also really poignant because that's pretty much my experience of life. Um, I don't know about all of you, 
I, I guess when I was a kid thought life should be all light. And if there's darkness, that darkness means that there's like a problem. And if you solve that problem, then everything can be all light again. And I think the older I've become, and I guess this is experience or wisdom or surrender, um, I've started coming in contact with the truth that both darkness and light are there and will always be there. And they have their place. And how I choose to relate to that darkness and light, that is what makes all the difference. If I get really bent out of shape every time things aren't working the way that I want them to, including my own mind, including being too busy, not being able to sleep, having physical things. I was just sick for like a month and a half or something. You know, the more that I compound the problem through my own story, through my own wanting it to be different, wanting it to be another way, trying to control the things that are out of my control, um, it just makes it worse and worse and worse and worse. Whereas when I'm in those situations and I really just work on accepting them, softening to them, understanding them, of course doing what I can do to move through them and to get some kind of clarity, get some kind of resolve. Also simultaneously really acknowledging that everything is taking its own time. And if you knew that everything was taking its own time, you would probably feel a little bit more surrendered to the process. And that process is like, again, if you have a garden, I use this example a lot in my talks. Um, if you plant a seed and you give it water and you let the sun come and you pull up the weeds and you, it's good soil, you know, and it's a good seed, right? If everything's kind of right. All you do is you just water the plants and eventually that plant will grow. And you can't really control how fast it's growing. You can't necessarily even control like the shape of it or you know, how much fruit it will bear if it's a fruit-bearing plant. Um, all you can do is just keep feeding it the right conditions. You keep treating it the best you can, but what it does is kind of out of our control a little bit. And this is also my approach to life, is that you know, I, I try to be honest all the time. I don't lie, ever. I don't lie, I don't steal things. Um, I try to respect other people. I try to do good work. I try to line up my way of making a living with the way that supports other people. Um, I try to really feel what is my purpose, what feels like the right next thing for me to do in any situation, in any moment, in any phase. And I try to bring all of these different conditions together and trust that if I just keep giving the right conditions, things will keep moving in the right way, even if I don't necessarily see what the end result is going to be. So that's kind of that balance between effort and surrender, right? That the effort doesn't mean trying to force a situation to be a certain way. It doesn't mean um, trying to get that plant to look like you want it to. Right effort means making sure that you're watering that plant, making sure you've pulled the weeds, making sure it's in a place where it's getting sunlight, and doing your best just to tend to it, to tend to the situation the best that you can, but then also really knowing that the situation is going to grow and do whatever it wants within that framework. So just kind of knowing that, I feel, for myself, brings a measure of peace, that I've done what I can do, and the things that I can't do, 
I still feel like the anxiety or the anxiousness of like, but I want to know what's going to happen or like I want to be able to let this go. But at the same time, because I know that I'm doing everything I can, it allows me just to be more at peace with what's happening. Um, the busyness of the mind in general, sometimes it comes from being a little bit of a control freak, which all of us are to different degrees, thinking that the more, if I could just do more, then things will work out, right? If I just give that plant more water, it'll grow faster, right? Um, but sometimes, you know, if you give too much water, you drown the plant, it dies. So sometimes being over-controlling to a situation kills the situation as well. Um, so another part of that, however, it's also just getting caught up in the collective energy that's around us, right? Um, I, last night, last night, yeah, I, I saw, you know, the president give a talk and he talked about Lawrence by name. He said that Lawrence is where the fentanyl is coming from and that there's gang members there and that that's the reason that New Hampshire has an opiate problem. And then I, and I live in Lawrence, you know, so I'm like sitting here listening to the president, like talking bad about Lawrence. And then the mayor of Lawrence gets up on his thing and he's talking about how that's nonsense and that's not the solution to drugs and this is just scapegoating the problems from New Hampshire to Massachusetts and all these things. And this morning I kind of just sat with that and felt into it and I wanted to give a response to that somehow for myself, but I wasn't sure how to respond. And this morning it kind of came to me and the response that I was finally able to give to that was, I kind of feel honored. I feel honored to have this president up here pointing a finger down at this town I'm living in and kind of trying to paint it black and dump garbage on it. And I'm kind of sitting in my bedroom in that very town, meditating, building a little mandala out of crystals, reading, uh, doing energy healings over Skype. And I've kind of realized, you know, if I were to get too caught up in what's happening up there, I would be mentally and emotionally a mess. Because what happens is that that president that we have, he says a lot of different things to a lot of people, and he doesn't really do anything. He doesn't invest anything of himself. He just moves on to the next topic. So the people in my town of Lawrence right now are all ah, up in arms about this thing that was said, but the person who said it is already thinking about something else. He didn't even care. It was just like, okay, this is this thing, and now moved on. And it creates this battle, right? And then the mayor of Lawrence says this, and then the people go, and it's kind of going through the internet and through the television and the radio waves, and it's all this chatter and all this turmoil up above us of these people fighting, no, it's not true, and yes, it is, and you're doing this, and blame, and all this stuff. And I just kind of feel like I'm watching it happening, and then I just kind of decided to disconnect from it and said, I am already giving the solution. I am living in this town, being kind and friendly, teaching meditation. I am doing the work. The people up there are just fighting with each other because they want to be right, they want to look good, they want support, they want money, whatever it is. But it's not actually going to affect me one bit. And there's this interesting thing as humans that we care so much actually about what other people think and feel and say and their expectations. And it really takes a moment of insight to allow yourself to kind of disconnect from all of that noise and turbulence and the politics and 
relationships and all of these things that are pushing and pulling and all these other people. You know, if I was coming to class today and some drunk driver hit me with their car, you know, I would be late for class, not because my life is in any way not being lived correctly. I'm living my life very upright. I'm very organized and clear and clean with everything. All my boundaries are set. I'm doing good work. I feel good about everything. It's running smoothly. Right? But if this person over here, if their life is a mess, if they are not taking care of themselves, they maybe don't care about themselves, they're being destructive in their lives, because we all live here together, their life could spill over into my life. And suddenly, now I'm late for my class because this person can't take care of themselves. And then all of you are sitting here without a teacher because of that person. And it's like if any one person isn't in check with their own mental, emotional, spiritual hygiene, it'll stink up the whole community. And because we've lost that sense of community to a large degree, there's a lot of stinking people out there. There's a lot of people that in a lot of ways are not really taking responsibility for themselves. They're not putting out positive, helpful energy. And there's nobody to kind of point that out. So there's a lot of fighting, a lot of aggression, a lot of pushing, a lot of stress. And people like myself, or maybe us, or other people as well, we kind of receive that energy. We are almost victims. We suffer a little bit because of that. Other people's decisions, other people's way of being affects us in our minds and our emotions. And we have to learn, I mean, I guess it's good we're sitting here in this room, right? To create that space where we separate from all of that stuff. Where we say, you know, like, I'm going to leave that stuff outside for now and I'm gonna reclaim my space, and I'm gonna sit here with myself, for myself, and breathe. Yeah, I'm gonna go home, I have this many hours to do my work on the computer, then I'm gonna turn that off. Now it's, again, time for me. I'm gonna go take a bath, I'm gonna go to the gym, I'm gonna take care of myself, and in this little box of me time, that's just for me. And we need to start finding ways to let things go around us that are not helpful, that don't necessarily serve us. Um, simultaneously, while building skills like meditation, like being able to deeply relax, that allow us to, to release those vibrations that are being sent out, to come back to our own rhythm. Yeah, and then to go back into the world and then back and to release those vibrations and again and again and again to, to not be affected as much by what's going on. And there's 101 ways to do that. Meditation is not the only way. Uh, again, working out is a great way. Making sure you're eating clean, healthy foods is a good way. Um, I love taking baths and long, hot showers and things like this. Like really just straightforward swimming, things like this. Very straightforward ways um, of just cleaning the body, like physically and literally and metaphorically and energetically cleaning ourselves out. Yeah, but knowing that you, at the end of the day, are the one that's gonna be lying in bed with you. That I'm gonna get into bed at night and however I feel, even if it's an argument that I had with somebody, even if it's somebody hit me with their car or the president said something, at the end of the day, it's me in my own head, in my own body, in my bed, and I'm the one that has to deal with that. I'm the one that has to suffer that or be responsible to find ways to be done with that and to release it. And I think starting from that place, starting from that place of deep responsibility for ourselves, that as an act of almost self-love, um, sometimes even pretty radical self-love, 
we have to go back into our lives and start acting and behaving and and speaking things out and resolving situations and figuring out a way to live our lives that at the end of the day when I go to bed, I feel at peace and I feel whole with what's going on. And if I don't feel at whole, if I don't feel at peace, that means that I haven't done my job properly during the day. That I haven't lived my life in a way that's residue free as much as possible. Yeah, and it's a little idealistic. Of course, there's problems that carry over that we can't do anything about, right? But as long as we've known we've tried our best, that we've given it what we can, that we've lived as impeccably as we could, it allows us to then put everything down when we need to and then pick it up again afterwards. And this is how meditation and the calmness of the mind directly is connected to how well we're able to navigate our daily lives and the interactions and the people and the situations. How much are we getting caught up in other people's junk? How much are we making their junk our own junk? Yeah. Or how much are we able just to set boundaries, say, that's not mine, I'm not interested in that. I know who I am, I know what I'm doing, I know what's important. And I love myself enough to make good decisions for myself. Not to be around people that hurt me. Not to be around situations that do not care about me. Yeah. That we start making decisions for ourselves, for our lives out of self-love. And a natural product of that is that we become more peaceful in our minds. And this is also like, I, I was a Buddhist monk for eight years, this is what the Buddha taught as well. He didn't say, go and meditate and everything will be fine. In Buddhism, it doesn't begin with meditation, it begins with cleaning up your life. It begins with living your life in a way that is more ethical, that you feel better about, that's more clean and clear and in your integrity. Yeah, that's more kind, open, generous, loving. To start living your life in a more uplifted way. And then the second step is meditation. Because then your mind feels more at peace, more at ease. And then when you meditate, you can really get in. And once you can get that deep meditation, that's when you start getting wisdom and understanding. Yeah, that's like the process, kind of. And it feeds into each other as well. So whatever's happened out there, it's already done. Too late, right? Can't do it. Now we're in this room. But... First step then in this room, let's begin by saying, I forgive myself for any unskillfulness that I've done. Whatever I wish I had done but I didn't, I'm sorry, me, that I didn't do it. Um, but I'm gonna do my best from now on to take care of me. I'm gonna figure it out. Even if it's hard, even if it's scary, I'm still gonna do it. I'm gonna be brave because that's what love means. Yeah. And I'm also gonna give myself right now the chance just to let it all go, to relax, to breathe to have this little space for myself right now just to rest, because I deserve that as well, okay? So with that, we're all going to get comfortable, going to sit in positions that we can sit in for about 20 minutes without having to move around too much, whatever that means. <clears throat> 